everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I am Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi here today, as always, alongside longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. How's it going? Great interview today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Great interview today. Now, we've got Greg Harrison, the legendary mask designer. Uh, He designed Jim Rutherford's Red Wings mask, the iconic you know, Eddie Giacomo, like literally endless amounts of players he designed, like dating back to the 70s that he designed uh, masks for. He also invented the combo cage mask, which uh, is the style that most, if not all, NHL goaltenders use today. So a lot of fascinating stories from him. My one recommendation, if you have the ability, have Google up while you listen. If you're at work, you know, or something like that. Just keep Google up because he just kind of runs through all these masks. And I was lucky enough while we were recording to uh, to be able to just kind of like look up what he was talking about in real time. And there's some just incredible designs out there. Yeah, he really it really helped. <laughs> it really <laughs> helped. I mean, because I it was the same thing. I mean, I felt like I was googling something every couple minutes yeah. just to have a better understanding of everything that he was throwing out there. It was just so informative. I loved it. Yeah. So two long episodes, one today, one tomorrow, probably going to push about 35 minutes each. I guess we'll see after recording, but uh, yeah, enjoy the interview. We'll see you guys at the end of the episode. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> All right. Now joining us today at the Locked On Red Wings podcast is a very special guest, one that I have uh, been looking forward to getting on the show for uh, for quite some time now. I stumbled across his Instagram sometime in the middle of quarantine, and I've been obsessed with it ever since. He is a man who changed the look of hockey forever, the legendary mask designer and inventor of the combo cage. His name is Greg Harrison. He's on the other end, other end of the line with us. Greg, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. So you are the – I just alluded to it. You are a man who changed the look of hockey forever. And you are, are somebody who's behind a lot of famous masks that a lot of people probably don't know about. But can you give kind of a, a background to how it all got started and how you got into mass designing? Um, well, Terry Sachuk, uh was one of my idols when I was a kid. There was three, three people that I, I absolutely idolized. One was Sachuk, one was Glenn Hall, and the other was uh, Roger Crozier. And um, uh, Sachuk's mask, I just fell in love with the look of it when I was younger, I was going, actually it was before I, I went to high school. Uh, back then you, you, you wore one of a couple things. You like, I remember when I played house league, you, you wore a loach mask. You know what that is? I do not. Um, uh, you may have seen pictures and it looks like a clear welder shield. Uh, oh, right. That's called a loach mask. There was various versions. Stalin Dean had one, um, the Puck Master series. There was another one called a Spencer mask, which was part, uh, I've never actually seen one in person. It was either part fiberglass and part clear. So the, the fiberglass covered the, the bulk of your face and then the eye area was totally open, but with a clear shield over top. 
So you wore those or you wore a, a Winwell or a Cooper Weeks ill-fitting store-bought mask. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's what we had. So the uh, when I went to high school, there was a, a fellow that I played with there. He was a year ahead of me. Um, and he, he and his dad, well, his dad made it. And he made one that sort of looked a bit like Sachuk's, but it, it covered more of the head almost like a Higgins, but cut out like Sajak. So uh, I approached them and asked them to show me how to make one because I always wanted to have one like Sajak's. So they showed me what they did. And in hindsight, they really didn't know what they were doing, but it got me started. And I made three or four um, versions of that. And then, um, I started, I worked for four summers at the Bobby Orr Mike Walton sports camp up in Aurelia. And I started to do masks for kids there at the camp. So at the beginning of camp, anybody, the beginning of each session, anybody that wanted a mask, uh, I would take their mold and then make a very simple design that sort of looked like a cross between an Esposito and just a plain uh, piece of fiberglass on your face. They were very simple. They were very quickly done. And uh, Jimmy Rutherford and John Garrett were both there as goalie instructors. I was like a an assistant goalie instructor there, and I did all their artwork and, as I said, made masks for kids. And they decided, both of them, that at the end of that summer that they were going to try one of mine and Rutherford was with Pittsburgh at the time and uh, had been with Detroit initially when I first met him and then he got traded to Pittsburgh. So I did the blue mask in 1972 for the 72-73 season. And then um, uh, Garrett was, was playing in the minors there. He wasn't yet in the NHL and he played for Portland Buckaroos, and uh, I hadn't yet established any of my own design. I did whatever somebody requested. You you basically had a Lefty Wilson style mask to choose from. You had a um, Esposito style, a Higgins style, uh, and then in '70 uh, a Plant style. Now, Ethan, I got to tell you about something a little tragic that happened to me while I was on my vacation last What happened? Well, I was uh, on my way home, finally made it all the way back, and was backing into my driveway. Bam. Hit the mailbox. Tail lamp. Out. But the good news is rockauto.com was able to help remedy that almost immediately. And I say almost immediately because, hey, it takes a couple days to ship things. I went on rockauto.com the second I walked in the house and had my tail lamp on the way within minutes. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. And believe me, they have plenty of tail lamps. I looked endlessly through their selection and they were able to help me find the right one in just a few easy 
clicks. Now it'll be delivered directly to my door. I won't have to go to the freaking auto store, talk to those mean guys at the counter who like look down on me for not knowing anything about cars. Uh, you know, the, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Because rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts when you can just simply go to rockauto.com, pick out the part you need, and when you're checking out, do us a favor and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's all I'm asking. Okay, it's not a lot. You're going to get a great deal on this. If time is money and you're going to be saving a lot of money, then you can give us a little bit of your time to tell rockauto.com that Lockdown sent you. They got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com, baby. I, I ran into Plant twice, once in Toronto as a na- naive, I guess, what would I have been? 17, almost 18 year old. I, I made a mask like Plant's and brought it down to the gardens. Wanted to see what he thought of it. And he, I, I stood by the boards. I had the mask sitting on top of the boards. I went to their practice. He's skating around and he sees it once and he slows down and then he continues around the ice. He comes around again and he looks at me and he goes, you make another one of those masks, I will sue you. And, <laughs> and that, was, that was the extent of my my meeting with Flaunt the first time and the second time I, I ran into him was in Philadelphia. He was a goal coach with Bernie Perron and Phil Mir. And I was uh, adjusting the cage combination that I had made from Phil Mir. And he walked over to me and he sat beside me and he goes, that is the, that's the best mask I ever see for the goaler. And he got up and he walked <laughs> away. And that was it. That was my only two meetings with, with Jacques. And um, uh, I idolized him from the standpoint of, of uh, the mask as well. And, and always assumed that he did them himself. And years later, I found out that that was not the case at all. But uh, anyways, to get back to uh, Rutherford and Garrett, Garrett's I did a, a Higgins style, like a full head coverage Higgins. And then Jimmy wanted his to look just like Jockerman's. So I did, I did the, the blue mask and the Pittsburgh blue, the light blue. And that's what he had in Pittsburgh. And then when he got traded back to Detroit, uh, Detroit was playing in Toronto the next day. And he left it at a flower shop at a hotel by the airport. And I went and picked up the mask brought it back to my parents' house and I sanded it down, cleaned up any damage that was on it and uh, painted it white. And at the time I was just starting to put uh, colored straps on, on my masks and I oh, put flare. red straps. What's that? It's a little flare. I like it. Little, little flare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later I worked for Cooper as the pro rep. And I got a whole bunch of straps made in every conceivable color I could get my hands on. But right then it was just whatever I could find at the local findings place. And um, uh, 
So I put the red straps on the white mask and I just looked at it and I went, that looks like shit. I don't like the way it looks. <laughs> it's just plain white. And so I, there was a thing back then called MacTac, which illustrators used for illustrating colors. Um, uh, say, for instance, you're, you're laying out a design for a, a living room or whatever, and you want the couch a certain color, you want something else another color. And it was a thin film that you could get, and you cut it out with an exacto and place it on the illustration to illustrate the color. So I had some red and I cut out some wings just roughly, stuck them over the eyes and held it up in my parents' garage at the end of the garage and went, that looks pretty good. So I'm gonna put the wings on it. So I I brought it the next morning and he only had one mask. He had no choice but to, to uh, use it. And now he didn't say anything to me at the time, but I, I've heard him say that he didn't like it initially because he didn't want to get traded back to Detroit initially because oh, wow. uh, they had owned them before. And he, he wore a red mask, one of two Lefty Wilson masks. He had one that he played junior with, which had the, the triangle as the cheek. It was sort of a triangle with a rounded edge on the cheek on the first one in Hamilton. And then he had one that was the the slots on the cheek with two drill holes below it, below the slots, and then one on either side of the nose. Those were the two he had had before he got mine. That one, if you see early pictures of him in Pittsburgh when he initially got traded there, that red mask got painted white. Uh, and that's what he had before he got mine. So um, once he wore it and once people saw it, they liked it. And he began to like it too, and that became his his trademark, basically. Other than when he was with um, Team Canada in '77, I did a uh, a split maple leaf mask in the in the colors, the hideous colors of red, green, orange, and white. Oh, that's uh, gross! That, that was the color. I actually. If you look at one of a couple of my earlier posts, you'll see the design I had submitted through Al Eagleson. He requested that I submit a design in 77, which was red, black, and white. And there's one I just posted recently and an older one that I posted where I showed the initial design, but I, I showed some of the other variants uh, that I had done recently, but it lost to that, to that color mask. Now that mask was used for Canada 77, the world championship team. And then um, it mysteriously disappeared out of the drug screens. We're not really sure what happened to that one. And then when he came to Toronto, when he came to Toronto, I sort of kept that same theme. If you've seen the mask I did for him in Toronto, it's the blue maple leaf and that split maple leaf design, sort of looking like wings. But um, so, uh, I, mean, I mean, when you when you start designing this mask for Rutherford, well, first off, actually, I, I kind of want to just ask you this as uh, on a personal level. Do you ever look back on those masks that you used to wear when you were in college and high school and like look at the protection that the masks give you now and just be like, what the hell was I thinking? I can't believe that I used to wear those. Well, things. a few people have asked me that. And I 
like there's guys that contact me and want to know if I'd make um, uh, the older style mask for them to wear. And I say, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, I, they were the best you could get back then. Uh, I, once my friend in high school had taught me the, the, what they did to make masks. I had Roy Weatherby who did the pretzel masks like, uh, Dunk Wilson and Doug Favell and Bernie Perrant and, uh, Jacques Caron, uh, Lyle Carter, the, the, the bar masks, or that's what I call them. Some people call them pretzel masks. He, he had made these masks prior to me meeting them. And again, his son was a year ahead of me playing for Toronto Nets. And he made me one of those bar masks. And then he taught me the proper kind of resins and everything else to use. So at the time, what I was making was the strongest, most protective that you could get of that. Like until, until I made Wayne Thomas's mask in 76, um, I was just copying everybody else's style and I didn't like that. I wanted my own style. So I, I developed the Mike Liute, Wayne Thomas. It's, it's Wayne Thomas's design, but everybody calls it a Liute mask because that's the one that's most recognizable because of him. And it was actually his Cincinnati Stingers mask that got painted white. Uh, he didn't want a design going to St. Louis's camp. He didn't want to come in all flashy. So he, and he kept that. And I made him actually one that had sort of the same idea. If you've ever seen his Cincinnati Stingers mask, it looks like a bee. And it's black and yellow stripes on the bottom with the, the logo on top. And then oh, for St. Awesome. Louis, I, I made him one that had the blue notes up top. And then... I mean, like a musical score down the bottom with the small blue notes and stripes, but he didn't, he didn't want it. He didn't want any design. He just kept the white one. So that, that style of mask, then the, for guys that had worn or were used to a Higgins style mask, I made like Malash and Bannerman's style uh, that when was an angular mask also to deflect the puck like Leutz and Thomas. But it went under the chin. It continued and then went under the chin. So, um, but in answer to your question, like I went to Washington's camp the first year they were in operation. I tried out for Washington, and uh, I went there with my my version of uh, like when I played college at York. I had um, two masks. I had my Sajak mask. I made as close to looking like Sajak as I ever got. In, in fact, if you've seen a series of posters and photos from the 88 Olympics that are put out by ATCO, uh, the Sajak in, in that poster is actually mine. It's, it's not Sajak. It's a replica that I wore. And then I also had a red, I had a red Lefty Wilson style mask both of which were like three times as strong as an actual Lefty Wilson mask because they were like paper thin. Um, and I wore that 
that lefty Wilson mask, what I wore to go to Washington's camp. No back piece, nothing over the years. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> nothing on top. Jesus. And, and then I, when I played for Barry Flyers, I, I had a, a Rutherford style mask that I made um, with the wings on it. In fact, I've got it sitting beside me here. Um, I wasn't sure if this oh, was going to be a if this was going to be a video or, or not, so I had it here just in case. <laughs> so do but, you have, uh, I'm guessing you have a collection at home. Then I'm, I'm guessing you have like the coolest man cave ever. Uh, I have a collection of a lot of things. I I had a major theft about 12 years ago, and I lost a lot of stuff. Oh, I had no. four I had four tractor trailers worth of stuff stolen. I, I restore all jukeboxes as a hobby. I had 35 jukeboxes in one trailer and all the stuff that went with it. I had all kinds of sports stuff, goalie stuff, pilot stuff, Tucker car stuff, uh, vintage clothes, you name it, uh, Coke machines, fridges, stoves, uh, you name it. And, and I lost all my masks. I lost all my tools, my molds, my tools, guns, everything. Uh, the only ones that I still had were ones that were in in my uh, my house at the time. And um, um, yeah, so I I have some. There's a lot of my masks. There's about roughly thirty in the hockey hall. I have I, I have some. I have mostly what I wore myself. You know, ones I've worn in movies, uh, uh, ones I've had for my own teams. Um, but I'm, I'm actually going to do a mask for a fellow that has one that I, I never wanted to see go anywhere. Um, uh, Damian Rhodes, Ottawa Senators mask. I'm getting that back once I finish a, nice. a mask. The fellow that's got it. But, you um, said in, in movies? Are you an actor? Yeah. No, I'm not really an actor. I've always been a double for somebody that's oh, a goalie. Okay. Have you ever seen the McKenzie Brothers movie, Strange Brew? No, I haven't. You don't know what that is? Do you uh, know who the McKenzie Brothers are? I don't. Okay, well, look up. If you get a chance, look up Strange Brew. Um, uh, if you punch in uniforms. I made these, this guy was, these two guys were, were cult figures on SCTV with John Candy and Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis. Those yeah, the I'm looking guys. at it right now. Are you able to see the uniforms? Uh, I haven't seen the uniforms yet. I'm just, see, I'm just seeing like their, uh, their like screenshots of them on like in the studios and stuff like that. If you if you go to YouTube and punch in uh, "strange brew hockey uniforms," there's three or four videos that show what they are, and they look like they look like uh, stormtroopers on ice. Oh, I so see them. That's crazy. I designed, I designed those to go. They wanted them to look uh, skeleton-like, <laughs> but be hockey uniforms. <laughs> and I made it first they came to me for a mask and then they wanted all these other pieces added on top of a lacrosse shoulder pad, lacrosse shin guard, and a Cooperall girdle. 
And I said, well, why are you wasting money on this? Just let me design the whole thing. And that's what I did. And they wanted it to look like a skeleton. So the skeleton or the spine on the back are actually chrome stove knobs that are on the back of this thing. But um, I had to make 12, 12 uniforms. So I, that was my first movie project. I was the USA goalie in the movie, The Cutting Edge. Uh, I was uh, like, it's, I posted that earlier on, on one of my Instagrams. Uh, I uh, was in another movie called Perfectly Normal. And it was the, it was the opening film at the Toronto Film Festival in 1990. Wow. and I made a mask for that. They didn't. They wanted a mask with absolutely no holes in it. I said, "Wait a second. I said the goalie's got to breathe. So uh, there's two holes above the forehead. It looked like my Thomas or Leute mask, but just with two holes, two larger triangles above the the eyes, and then two for the mouth, and it's gray. And I actually used it for a um, an ad for for Bell Telephones voting for the best lease of all time. That's an earlier post as well. You'll you'll see the post if you go through an earlier one that I had. What else was I in? Um, You're kind of a fascinating human being. Not a, not kind of. You are. I knew that before you came on, but I now you're dropping a well, lot of stuff on us here, Greg. Well, I, I I like I like history. I like learning about things. Fedorov gives him the business. All right, that'll do it for uh, the part one of our interview with uh, legendary mass designer Greg Harrison. Hope you enjoyed that. I know I certainly did. Uh, I could just, I cannot get enough of that guy just talking about mass. Just the history. I mean, he's been through so, like, completely different eras of hockey on top of going into other sports. It's just, guys, awesome. Yeah, we get in. Uh, uh, Ethan asked him a little bit about his F1. Uh, IndyCar. IndyCar. And Cardi. Helmet designs tomorrow as well as uh, I I think we get. And we get into, you know, which which goalies were most difficult to work with, which are some masks that he maybe made but didn't like and had to see him out there on the ice anyways. Uh, Just a lot of interesting stuff uh, from him. So we certainly enjoyed this. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. You know what it is. Your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, July 23rd, 2020. Happy Friday, everybody. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi, here today, as always, alongside longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hey, how's it going? Happy Friday. And boy, do we have one heck of a part two of our interview with legendary mass designer Greg Harrison today. Uh, we get into way more of his designs. We get into, you know, how the Eddie, the Eagle thing came about, uh, why he doesn't like Curtis Joseph, uh, some other, some other people who were difficult to work with as well as, uh, you know, some of the masks that maybe he designed under the gun, but didn't like, and had to just send them out there. Uh, just a, just a super informative. As well as the getting into the, uh, customizing of masks too, to fit uh, different head shapes and stuff. Very fascinating stuff. Just, just, just a lot of fun. So uh, we will see you guys on Monday. We're going to have draft profiles on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, we're going to look ahead at the weekend of hockey. Hockey is almost back, folks. I could almost cry. I, I Let's go. Literally, 
do not talk to me on that Saturday, August 1st, because I'm going to be, I'm going to be just loving life. Can't wait. Uh, We'll see you guys Monday. Thanks so much again for listening. It's a Lockdown Red Wings podcast, your team every day.